For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Chris Braden, got Big O along the side. Big O, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Good, man. So we kind of did a Broncos sabbatical. You know, um, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a huge CU fan. CU, the, the buffs are number one for me if I had to pick one thing. And with the way the Broncos are going and the buffs are going, football has been super hard for me this year. Yeah. And the negativity coming around Russell and the losses and stuff. I mean, and it's still happening today. You know, turn on the station that you're on. It is like just like piling on after piling on and piling on. And it's hard for me sometimes. I get frustrated and and bummed out about it because when you when you hear all the piling on, you don't really see like a positive. And you're like, okay, this just sucks. We're, this is gonna like suck for eight nine more weeks. Mm. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I too am in the same boat because I went to the University of Miami and uh, this week we just uh, didn't score a touchdown against Florida State and absolutely got embarrassed. And, you know, with Mario Cristobal there, it was supposed to change. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I understand I'm a realist. So I understand that things take time. Sure. So things are we're going to take time with the University of Miami and things are going to take time with the Denver Broncos. Yep. Just because they got Russell Wilson, yeah, they went all in on a quarterback, something that they should have did many, many years ago, a legit mm-hmm. quarterback, not yep. this, let's see what Case Keenum could do. Let's see what Joe Flacco could do. Let's see what Teddy Bridgewater could do. Not these type of quarterbacks. They went all in on Russell Wilson and, and paired him with a young head coach that is trying to figure it out. Um, honestly, for me, when Nathaniel Hackett said that we're going to do things that Russ likes this year, when Nathaniel Hackett said that he was going to call the plays, I knew it was going to look bad. I just didn't anticipate it was going to look this bad. So right now, all you could just understand, Chris, is that in the National Football League, the second half of the season doesn't look as bad as it looked eight weeks ago, right? Right. Um, getting ready to play Tennessee, very winnable game. Raiders, man, that I would argue is a must win. If you don't win that game, you, you probably are going to get relieved of some of your duties. Right. And, and then um, after the Raiders game, I'm blanking right now. I have it up. So let's go uh, look at this. Ten, the Tennessee Raiders and Carolina. Carolina. Carolina right yep. after that, must win game as well. So the Broncos could get back to five and five. Mm-hmm. And trust me. I mean, this city because of the lack of expectations at this point, getting back to five and five would have this city erupt. Yes. So, 
you have to start looking at the little things right now and how do you get better and better and hopefully they're able to go out there and, and battle it out against Tennessee and get a win this week to to start kicking it off. You know, the interesting thing to me, and you said it like Hackett was like, we're going to do things that Russ likes or Russ is good at. And I hearken back to the Tim Tebow days. People just love the fact that the offense changed for Tebow and there's never anything, you know, bad said about it because you had to do that with Tim Tebow. Like, what's the difference with Russ and Tim? I mean, Russ is 10 times the quarterback as T Tim Tebow. Of course, you want to do things that your quarterback can do well or likes. So here's the difference with, with, with Tim Tebow. It was, hey, we're going to put this high school, college offense in whatever you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to put this in and this is what he has had success in, with in the past. With even Peyton Manning, when we got him a year later in 2012, Peyton walked in and it wasn't all about what Peyton likes in year one. Like, yes, we were doing concepts and we, we Peyton had a say so and started coming in and, and teaching the wide receivers about, you know, leverage and where he wants to put the ball and things like that. But as far as Peyton running the offense, it wasn't that year one. You know, we had to go to Tim Tebow and basically Tebow, you know, adapting and running his offense because that's all that Tebow could do. Peyton was obviously a way above average quarterback that could function in any, any West Coast offense where he was dropping back and throwing the football. Mm -hmm. In year two of Peyton's career here with the Broncos in 2013, where we're the highest scoring offense in NFL history, well, why was that? Because we implemented uh, a little bit faster pace, a lot more things at the line of scrimmage, but he was still dropping back and throwing the football and still playing the style of football that he's always has. The big difference with all of this, Tim Tebow comes in, you go to an offense that he has ran in the past. Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning comes in, you're running an offense that he has run in the past. Russell Wilson comes in, Russell's trying to show you that he could play 10 more years in the league. Mm -hmm. It's not an offense that he's ran in the past because the offense that he's ran in the past calls for him to run the ball and use his legs more. He's trying to show you that he can win from the pocket and it does not work. You want to prove that you can win from the pocket? You could have full speed live OTA drills come April. Right. You want to prove that you can win from the pocket? How about having every single day of training camp be a grind? So when these guys are sore and they don't feel good and they don't feel like practicing and they're trying to figure out how the heck are they going to get through a day of training camp when their body feels 65%, how about you prove you can win from the pocket at that point? Right. Don't prove that you can win from the pocket on Sundays because it's going horribly. Mm. So you need to just figure out how to get back to playing the game that you used to play. Right. Because everybody else that came in, it wasn't them trying to reinvent themselves. Had Mike McCoy stayed in the Kyle Orton offense with Tebow, that's trying to reinvent Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. They did that for the first two weeks of Tebow starting in 2011. And then Tebow was installing stuff from Florida that he ran with the Gators for the whole entire offense in the National Football League because we were going to defer to our quarterback and do things that our quarterback has excelled in in the past. Russ is trying to prove to Broncos country for whatever reason that, hey, I could be a 10-year quarterback and I could win from the pocket right now. You haven't done that in 11 years in the league. Right. 
doesn't make no sense. So it's more of a coach that needs to tell them that. More of a coach that needs to say, hey, we're not going to just do the things that you like because right mm-hmm. now you're trying to reinvent yourself. Um, we're going to move the pocket. We're going to call more plays like this. And oh, by the way, when I call plays in the huddle, you, you, as far as what you did in the first half, being able to change them, being able to check. If I call a run play, I'm calling a run play because I 100% want you to run the football right now. Not for you to get to the line of scrimmage and check out of it. Not for you right. to check out of it at the huddle. We want you to run the football. So I think it's honestly, you got to put on the kid gloves, Chris. You got to take <laughs> baby steps now because right. that's where we are. Look what we started off the show saying. We'd be happy if the Broncos are a five and five team. If they can string together three more wins, that the city would erupt with this team being five and five. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks ago, if I would have told you we'd be happy at, after 10 games, five and five, you would have told me that I was crazy and told me, yep. oh, get, get off my off my line. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. But the expectation has changed because we've seen this team struggle. <laughs> Okay, I do have a question. So Pete Carroll came out yesterday and said, we had some pushback with wearing the wristband and and Russ doesn't like to wear a wristband. Can you kind of like let us know, does that speed things up in the huddle with the wristband? Like, does it matter? We really didn't see Peyton Manning with one until I think maybe he put one on the last year. What's up with the, the wristband? Yeah, so... Um, I- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Honestly, wristband last year when I was in San Francisco coaching, it, it was the, it's the hardest thing in the world to get ready um, behind the scenes, right? That was one mm-hmm. of the jobs that I was helping out with and absolutely a nightmare um, getting that ready. But for the quarterback, it makes it so much easier. It makes the, you know, Kyle uh, listening in on those headsets last year, Kyle would be able to call a play on the wristband and it was as simple as uh, number two, right hash right because on the wrist it's split into two so you have your left hash plays and then you have your plays on the right that are your right hash plays and all it is it's the same exact play it's just flipped it's the formation is flipped it's um you know the motion is flipped um as far as where you're if you were running the ball to the left the play call is just flipped so it's as easy as the communication is really three words at max, right? You know, um, or left uh, 52, right? Or right uh, 33, right? So that's how quick it is for the offensive play caller to get the play in. After that, now, what you're able to do is you're able to talk through it. Um, and that's what Pete's alluding to, which I thought was so cool last year with Kyle Shanahan because. Kyle would call the play and then sit there and be like, okay, Jimmy, if they give you cover four, because they've been giving us cover four primarily on this down, 
You know, you got Kittle on the drag or you got Brandon Ayuk on the comeback. Hey, if they give us, you know, cover three, you know, your first read is now going to be uh, Debo Samuels, right? And then if, it's, if Debo's not there, then you got Jeff Wilson coming out the backfield, right? We're here because of how quick it is of calling the play, you're able to start coaching it up while okay. the quarterback is in the huddle. But not only that, it takes it from a memorization game with the quarterback where the, the play caller, typically, if you don't wear a wristband, the play caller sends the play in. The quarterback has to remember that. And now you have to start talking to the other 10 guys. Right. While the quarterback is remembering that, you probably don't want to sit there if you're the play caller and start coaching him through things mm-hmm. while he's trying to remember something and telling it into the pl- telling it to the other players. Right. But when you know he has a wristband and he has a cheat sheet, you don't care about right. talking to him at any time because you know he, at this point – You've already gave him the number. He's looking at it. And all he's doing is reading it while you're coaching him in his air. And right. you're coaching him before he breaks the huddle. You're coaching him when you get to the line of scrimmage. You're able to get there faster, get mm-hmm. lined up faster. Now you're really able to say, hey, you know what? This is a different defense. You know, let's let's see what uh, they haven't played this yet. You're going to have to read this one out. Or, hey, Kittle should be open on this route. Or, hey, you know, the comeback or whatever the case may be, where it's a lot more communication that you're able to have with the quarterback just being on the wristband and a lot more coaching is going on as well. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And it just seems a little bit, you know, to speed things up. So, I mean, it does make sense to me. Let me, let me ask you, let's put this Jacksonville game to bed. Finally, for me, in the fourth quarter, Russ looked like what we thought he would look like. And I was happy with the way the fourth quarter looked. Even the eye test, they won, but the eye test looked good to me. The, the one thing after that was the criticism was, you know what? That looked like a high school offense out there. And I was like, really? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Did, did you see progress in the fourth quarter of the Jacksonville game? You know, no matter what happens, right, we've already seen it. Russ gets criticized about what he wears to game. He gets criticized <laughs> about what he does on Twitter. He gets cr- criticized on everything. Vacation last week, tweeting out, keep working, right? Right. He's going to get criticized. Now you're talking about a high school offense. I got news for you. I don't care what you say. High school offenses don't work in the National Football League, period. Right. They don't. So whoever made that take, that's a dumb take. Thank high you. High school offenses – do not work in the National Football League. I don't know what high school you went to, um, Chris, but my high school, we were running, what, 20 plays max? They right. don't work in the National Football League. Like, they literally don't. And we didn't have answers for cover two beaters and cover three beaters. So that's a dumb take, and that's just more piling on on Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Um what I looked at was four things. I got four takeaways from the game. Um, for me, the Broncos didn't mess around when they got down in the red area. They right. turned around, they hand the ball off, or they turned around and give Juby a nice little uh, quick little receiver uh, jet sweep type of thing. Did not mess around. I look at that jet sweep. I watched KJ Hamler block his absolute butt off. He and did. As being the smallest person on this football team, be a speed bump, take the Jacksonville's nickel, put him five yards in the end zone, be a speed bump to three other Jacksonville players trying to get his teammate, Jerry Judy. So I watch guys that have not given up on this football team. Mm-hmm. I think another positive out of this football team was Corlin Sutton, one catch. 
one catch, how is that a positive? Because everybody else has to get involved. Russell right. now has to go away from Cortland, has to realize that I have to rely on other people. His mm-hmm. first two balls that were thrown to Cortland, one's almost intercepted. The second is intercepted being the fourth play of the game. That's a good thing. Get off of this guy. We're going to take this guy away from you. You better figure out how to win with other people. And now, once you start going to them, they came up and they made plays. Right. So I look at that as well. The 98-yard drive. There were adjustments at halftime mm. for the first time Thank this year. You. Right? So we were <laughs> able to make some adjustments. So mm. that was huge. Obviously, we know what Greg Dosage did on that, accounting for 78 yards of, of yeah. that. But I look at these things for me. And I say, man, oh, and my last thing, sorry, Jerry Judy. I thought that was the most physical game Jerry Judy played. I couldn't um, agree more. Finally, a little bit of CeeDee Lamb. Finally, a little bit of Justin Jefferson. Finally, I saw Jerry Judy catch the ball on third and on second and five and see two defenders. And instead of trying to outrun them to the sideline and run out of bounds, he said, I'm going to go through both of you guys and go pick up the first down. And right. ultimately, the ref rewards him and gives him the first down because of it. But mm-hmm. he starts changing the narrative around his name by doing that also. So those four things, huge positives on this offense. Let's see if we could build on it. As far as all of this take of high school offense, is it's a BS take, and it's just one more national person piling on Russell Wilson because I don't know what high school offense that person was in, but high school offenses are not winning in the National Football League. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Bradley Chubb traded. We end up Broncos end up with a nice little first-round draft pick, even though it'll probably be – later uh, in the first round, and then Chase Edmonds, who's somebody I really like to watch play. What do you think about the loss of Bradley Chubb? Do you think that Gregory and Baron Browning are going to be able to fill that hole? I mean, it's a big one. I, I think it's going to we're going to see more of a rotation on defense by Isa Ever now, um, where it's probably going to be Baron Browning and Randy Gregory when those guys are healthy. Those guys are playing 60% of the snaps. Right. But you're also going to be have you're going to have Nick Benito in there. Uh, this week's a perfect game to put Draymond Jones as a defensive end in this package, right? And and have him as the end line of scrimmage, especially going against Derrick Henry. So it's going to be a little bit more of a rotation up front for the Broncos. But absolutely, Bradley Chubb was a huge part of this defense. Um, he might have never been huge in sacks uh, apart from his rookie year, but he set the edge every yeah, single time. And you're going to see his absence be missed this this up, upcoming week against Tennessee. Um, but you had to do it. It's a first-round yep. pick. First-round pick for a guy that could quite possibly be a rental for the remainder of the year for you. Uh, mm. Bradley Chubb had nine games left. He was already playing under a fifth-year option. Broncos were playing terrible. You had one shot to make this thing a destination place, and that's how you would have been able to sign, re-sign Bradley Chubb, re-sign Draymond Jones. You weren't able to make it a destination place. Actually, Broncos had become the laughing stock of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So you were gonna, you're already staring at overpaying guys to come here in free agency. You had to figure out if you could get a first round pick, and you were able to get not only that for Bradley Chubb, but also for and Chase Edmonds, a nice chase pace running back. So it's a deal that no matter what you had to do if you're George Payton. Last thing for you, heading to the Titans. Derrick Henry's always a chore for uh, defenders. How do you see this game going? 
Yeah, so I kind of alluded to it on the last question now, Chris. Um, look for the Broncos. You know, for me, if I was Isa Ebro, I'm going into this game. I'm trying to figure out how do I get Mike Purcells and DJ Jones on the field at the same time? Sure. How could I get those guys on the field? And honestly, I might also be looking at the fact of trying to get into a – so not only that, right – Right, I'm gonna have a heavy rotation. Deshaun Williams, you're going in like every five snaps, right? We're gonna keep guys fresh as possible. Um, my edge rushers, the exact same thing. We're going to rotate those guys. We're gonna rotate the heck out of the front seven because Derrick Henry is a load. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna pack up that line of scrimmage. I'm gonna have eight people in the box every single play, and I'm gonna dare Tannehill or Willis to throw the ball to beat me with their arm. I don't have no idea who the wide receivers are for the Tennessee Titans because they literally said we are a running football team. Yeah, yep. I know Robert Woods is there, but he's coming off that ACL last mm-hmm. year, right? And they they're leading receivers under 300 yard lead receiving yards. So make this team beat you with throwing the ball in the air. Um defensively, I think a good plan would be to get Draymond Jones sometimes at the end end of the line of scrimmage where you have Draymond out there, Deshaun Williams, Mike Purcell is out there, DJ Jones, and now, okay, it's Nick Benito or, okay, it's Baron Browning. You got to get your edge setters. You got to get your bigger guys. Don't allow these guys to create lanes. Don't allow this offensive line to move you. But also a nice little wrinkle that I truly believe that you got to, it's got to rear its head this week is you got to see the Broncos play a little bit of 4-3, like four defensive linemen with Draymond Jones as the defensive end in that package, Mike Purcells and DJ Jones as the defensive tackles, and now Nick Medino or, you know, Baron Brownen as the defensive end. But now you have three linebackers coming from depth to go make tackles on Derrick Henry. Three linebackers off the line of scrimmage that can read it out and run sideline to sideline. So you're actually removing one person from the defensive line and actually putting them five yards back and allowing those guys to scan the field, come downhill and go make tackles. That's Orlando Franklin. You can follow him on social. Oh, Franklin 74 Players Club. On 104.3 The Fan. You know what? It, odds are, if you turn the fan on, you're probably going to hear that voice. Good stuff, Oh, Thank you. All right. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, bud. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.